You're listening to the Jets Country Podcast, powered by Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation Network. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Ralph Ventry. I just enjoyed episode two of HBO's Hard Knocks docuseries starring the New York Jets in training camp, and I have a lot of hot takes. The good news is I brought on Amanda Shin only a few minutes ago, and we chopped it up. Ralph Ventry, Amanda Shin, Talking Hard Knocks, Episode 2 on the Jets Country Podcast, next. We're back with Amanda Shin on the Jets Country Podcast after Episode 2 of Hard Knocks, and we have a lot to break down. We're glad that you're joining us. It's Ralph Ventry, Amanda Shin, Talking Jets on Hard Knocks, and Episode 2 gave us some stuff that we wanted to see. Um, It gave us more Quinn and Williams. Um, I called for that uh, in my article on SI.com. It it, it gave us uh, more of the D-line as a whole with Will McDonald. We'll get into... um, what I thought was one bizarre scene with with Will, um, but but we'll save it for the podcast. We have a lot to to to, to chop up. Quite frankly, um, it was kind of an exciting episode. There were some shortcomings. We'll get into that. I think Amanda may have some difference of opinion here, but we'll get into it and we'll start right at the top. Uh, the show open. They're in the meeting room again. Um, no, no crow eagle analogy this time. Thank no you. inspirational speech from Coach Sala. Uh, he actually passes it on to a special guest, and um, they kind of lost me right from the start here with the, with this one, Amanda. Uh, the the magic show. Um, Maybe you want to take you, you it from mean, here because I, I, I was kind of scratching my head with this one here. You mean our guy Oz Perlman? <laughs> Oz, uh, Dr. Oz? Uh, but yeah, like, um, I mean, I tuned in to see football. I tuned in to see relationships with w- within the team. And instead, we got a six-minute magic show. Um, from some guy doing car tricks. Uh, I thought maybe he was going to, like, saw somebody in half at some point. Like, <laughs> was it David David Copperfield? Uh, were we watching, like, some kind of Penn and Teller show? Or was this Hard Knocks training camp with the New York Jets? Like, uh, they definitely... I don't know if Oz had a friend who produced the show or... If he bought the airtime or what exactly the deal was, how he forced his way onto Hard Knocks with this silly magic show um, uh, is beyond me. I I, I don't know what what, what 
effect did it have on the team other than like a couple guys rolled their eyes and they were like, oh wow yeah I mean let I, me say <laughs> that's actually a good point um he probably has I would be curious how many Google searches Oz Perlman had after that episode or during that episode yeah this um, guy made himself a lot of money by somehow forcing <laughs> his way onto hard knocks and I don't know what he brings say, I, whatever what, what, what was your favorite trick all right <laughs> let, so let's start there I, I absolutely loved that segment, and so sure it doesn't have much to do with football. But the I've seen I've been enough like and around football long enough. I know that they do these team building exercises, and I thought it was like a unique and creative way to kind of get them pumped and like you know it, you know motivated. No, no, no question, no question. I'm not arguing on that point. My my problem is, why did we need to see that on Hard Knocks? Like, I know that they do team building and they bring in guest speakers. Um, well, the, and the entertainment value. I was, I, are you not entertained? I was very entertained. Well, well first of all, I saw a number of these tricks that, that, that Oz did here. It's like a standard act. Um one time as part of a bachelor weekend um, in Las Vegas, uh, the kid's brother, the guy who was getting married, the groom's brother, hired this like magician to perform for like Wild 20 guys. Party. It was bizarre, but he did a lot of these <laughs> tricks. And then um, at my old place of employment, um, our boss brought in a, a similar guy who had a similar act. Um, his name wasn't Oz, but um, she did it kind of as like in front of the staff as a staff building, but also she built it as kind of like a treat. Like, oh, we're we're doing this fun staff building exercise where you get to see this show. But like, I, I get it. I know that just, hey, it's a W for Oz. I mean, that's I mean, the bottom line. This guy made money is, somehow. I mean, we He's also grew up... He, he not only makes money by getting the name recognition from the show and from... I mean, we're talking about this guy on the Jets Country podcast. I mean, maybe... Bro, you... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hire him for your next birthday party. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, exactly. It, that's what it was. It, it's like... It's like a clown. It was like a clown show. Like you're you're hiring a clown. You're hiring uh, Lilo and Stitch to come to uh, your kid's birthday party. Like, I mean, what is it? Like, but 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 really, I guess the joke is on me, because Oz made money by making that appearance. I'm sure that the Jets compensated him. I'm sure he didn't do that for free, and now he's making money getting like we're actually talking about this guy. We've been talking about him. For way too long, way too much him. on this opening segment. But I just think I it was ridiculous him. and it was just unnecessary. Like, we didn't need to see that. Like, give us, have somebody come back, have uh, an old time jet come back and, and talk to the team about what it means to wear the I green mean, and white. And they do that too. Yeah, well, well, let us see that. We don't need to see Oz. I mean, Maybe come we'll on. Maybe we'll see that in three, four, or five. Um, but yeah, the, it I was funny. Maybe, maybe I'm being a little too too tough you on him. Are. I know you enjoyed it, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> I died when when Michael Hardman uh, had to like pick the animal. <laughs> the one I don't know who it was, but he said um, after like 
Aaron unveiled the goldfish. Somebody in the background was like, what if you picked a giraffe? I was, I literally laughed out loud. But, um... <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, it was, it, I did enjoy the players' reactions because, I mean, some of them were impressed and, and kind of stunned by the, the magic trick, so to speak, but... I, I also did like the fact that I think Michael Carter rolled his eyes at one point, like, what is going on here? Um, so I, I did enjoy the player's reaction to to Oz's, Oz's act, uh, his dog and pony show. But like I said, I don't know why we needed to see that. Um, it took up six minutes, and, 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 and also it just it took up six minutes on our podcast probably. Um, so... Let's move on. But before we move on, what was your favorite trick? All right. What, what was your favorite trick here? Um, so I don't know. I thought, I mean, they were all very similar because it was like him, them just like picking numbers and him guessing them. Um, but I would have to say the Jets puzzle and the, the whole, um, you know, animal card thing. Um, yeah, outside of that, the Michael Carter number, like, he guessed 10, okay, like, you know, that was cool. Oh, the Super Bowl, for, when he said that they're going to meet the 49ers in the Super Bowl and the end score is going to be 31-21, I thought that was kind of cool. No, de- definitely it was cool, but um, like I said, it was just, uh, it was a bizarre way to open the show. Two two episodes in a row, um, the opening in the meeting room at, they gotta change it up. Maybe, maybe open up on the field uh, next time, or, or or go into the cafeteria like we've been asking for. Um, we didn't get that tonight. We did get some stuff that we wanted to see, um, but from this fun, feel-good uh, meeting magic show, they cut right into on-field practice and the intensity turned up instantly uh, instantly. a lot of scrums a rough practice um, yeah. there's our D-line Michael Clemens is swinging at people Hardy yep <laughs> that was that was what you know like one Jets fans but two Hard Knock fans I think look forward to the most like give us that raw competitive um, dramatic interactions between the team um you know and i'm sure it's difficult for the just to want to highlight that um but that you know i i thoroughly enjoyed like going from like kind of a foo-foo meeting into like you know watching them completely go at each other hurting their hands hitting helmets and stuff like that and then after the scrums die down after they show the, the 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 tempers flaring. Then they give us some Quinn Williams. They give us some cue ball and just dominating, um, dominating on the field. So uh, that was cool to see. And I don't know. I, I'm I'm pretty sure you picked up on it because it was kind of obvious and you're pretty observant. But um, I found it funny. When Nathaniel Hackett gave the finger to uh, to Quinn and Williams after uh, after he blew up a play, um, so I thought that was pretty cool. And uh, yeah, I'm all about uh, Quinn and Williams. That was a great segment, and I think they showed his 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 um, 
his newborn as well in the shot, right? I mean, yep, yeah. And I know he, you're he a big Quinn Williams his, fan, so yeah. his what? Yeah, we had both wanted to see more of Quinnen, so I was happy that we got that. Um, he was funny, like shouting out his his wife and his his newborn and Optimus Prime. He loves Transformers. Um, shout out, shouted out his agent. <laughs> so you know, we kind of wanted to see that side of him, and I'm glad that we got that. And and then of course they gave us more Rogers. I think that's what I have in my notes anyway. It was so much Rogers. It really is overload uh, on the Aaron Rodgers. I would like to go back and do a study. Um, maybe there's some kind of AI app that would do this for us. But like, how much how much screen time does Rogers get percentage wise for these episodes, and how much of the dialogue? How much percentage of the dialogue is Rogers speaking or is about Rogers? Like, it, it, it's got to be close to 50%. Like, it's just... Yeah. I, I mean, we get it. We get it. The guy's a four-time MVP. He's going to the Hall of Fame. He he's he was brought in to, 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 to stabilize the offense and make them a Super Bowl contender. I understand how important he is, but... Like, come on, uh, enough's enough already. Let, 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 there are 90 guys on the roster right now, you know, plus right. probably 30 coaches, you know, like, let, 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 let's spread the love around, you know? No, yeah, I was talking to a buddy before, um, before Hard Knocks, and we were kind of saying the same thing. Like, I kind of hope it isn't the Aaron Rodgers show again, because... You know, like, we get it. We know his value. We know what he brings to the table. And I think even, like, in this episode, one of the coaches was like, oh, I've never seen a player like that, you know, break down the game or something like that. And it's almost, like, kind of cringeworthy because it's like, okay, let's act like we've been here before and that we've had decent players on the team. You know, so, like, it kind of is just like, yeah, I... I Obviously, he's going to have a space in all of the episodes, but um, we did get a little bit less of him, which is good. But we got a little bit more of weird. I think it had then went in, into the piercing. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, wait, wait. This is, this is what I was talking about with Will McDonald, Mac 4, oh. as they call them here. Um um, th- there's one more thing I want to get to on Rogers, but, 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 but let's go right into this, this Will McDonald scene. Like what is going on? Like we go from, we go from the Jets facility to like Claire accessories in, 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 uh, in Bergen County mall or something, Paramus park mall here. Like what is going on, dude? Like, like, like I'm surprised there wasn't somebody, uh, a 15-year-old in line waiting to get her ears pierced that he had to wait behind. Like, what, what, what is going on with this? Why? First of all, let me also say, they put it so close to the end of his nostril. It's, like, supposed to be, like, the middle of your nostril. It's like, They really messed it up, too. So that was just, like, salt on the wound because the segment was so weird. Like, why did we feel the need to highlight that or or waste any time um even following him there yeah i don't know was it that they were trying to show that he's like some eccentric character because he has piercings i mean what what what, what is he one of uh one of a thousand nfl players who have piercings like i i, I don't get it what and, and why do we have to go into this again this seedy looking uh claire accessories knockoff spot like 
Like and, 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 and like God knows if they even sterilized those needles. Um, but like, why did we need to see this from from Will Mac Four here? Um, it was it was weird. Like I I think he 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 has a good personality. Um, but they could have shown that some. Why didn't they show him in the again? I go back to the lunchroom. You know what? Why didn't they show him do a segment of him on there or? I don't know, maybe like... Yeah, they they even, did highlight him more. Like, they, he was obviously a key part of this episode. Like, and so he took some of that shine um, from Roger's whole highlight from last episode. But yeah, like, I mean, to your point, um, you know, and what I did like about it, like, you know, at the end where they were showing his power as a rookie, um, the Panthers giving him props, saying he's shifty, he's going to be a force, you know, like, that was cool. Like, you know, show us more of that. But like, like you said, um, you know, I've been reading that Rogers sits with a different group every single day at the cafeteria. That, you could even... I would be fine with them following Rogers every episode because then we're getting to know new players, right? It, it is the Rogers show, but it's also him with all of the other players. So, yeah, to your point, I agree. Like, you could easily have filled that segment with that. Yeah, or, like, if you're going to show him going to the mall, show him at the food court instead. Like, I don't know why we need to see the actual uh, <laughs> needles going in and standing. Like, what? It, it was just... That 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 took a turn. I I was not expecting that. So, um, <laughs> if if they were looking for some kind of surprise shock value there, they got it with me. Uh, then I think it goes to Carolina, Wofford College, uh, uh, Spartanburg, South Carolina, where they have the joint practices. I think is that's where it goes. And the the one thing that when they were showing all that B roll there with the Jets making the trip, going on the plane, and then and then they show up at camp. The one thing that was weird to me was uh, the Carolina Panthers had cheerleaders, like, at, at training camp. Like, they were, and they were prominently uh, uh, featured, obviously. Um, but, like, cheerleaders at training camp? I, I know most, um, or not most, but some NFL franchises don't even have cheerleaders anymore. But the fact that they just had them, like, on a Wednesday at, at, at training camp uh, was kind of bizarre to me. Like that was one of the well, first things you saw when they, when they show the campus. I, yeah. So I guess um, that is just a piece of entertainment value, but I guess they have to practice too. Um, so maybe they're just like trying to get back into the swing of things or they knew hard knocks is coming and they were like, okay, this is our moment. <laughs> so what did you think about that? Um, part where they showed them going to Carolina and then actually that day of joint practices, what, what were your key takeaways from there? So there were a couple, um, you know, I, I, I've been calling wanting the offensive line to get highlighted and they did in a major way, the good, the bad and the ugly. So it started off, you know, like that they were, pretty much terrible in that first practice. Um, and then you had Sala going and referencing the silent tape um, and really like holding them accountable. Um, so I appreciated that because that's exactly what I wanted to see. I wanted to see who, who are these guys, you know, like 
What do they look like? They're creating space for the running backs. We know that they're not, or at least to this date, like have not highlighted the running backs. We're not shocked on that. Um, but you know, protecting Aaron and, um, and so I thought that was interesting. And then like also, um, you know, Aaron's preference, like, <laughs> and like emphasis on don't spin the ball. Like, please just throw it back to me, you know? And so it's, it's, it was those things that I kind of, um, of that first practice, that's what I took out of that. Um, yeah. And then the, he, he don't spin the ball. And then the next clip they show, uh, Wes Schweitzer putting it right over his head and, oh, is that a little too high? Um, <laughs> needless yeah. to say, I think Wes Schweitzer is the emergency center. Um, uh, obviously <laughs> he, he actually played at center for Washington, uh, last year, but, but most of his career in the NFL has been at guard. And uh, after watching him snap, I understand why he's at guard <laughs> and not at center. Um, but yeah, that, 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 that was cool. But, and it was good to see some of the O-line, but I think there was a lot more negative. And, and I know the O-line reports say and, and people's opinions say that the O-line hasn't been performing well uh, throughout camp. And I know that that uh, whether or not you want to say they're they're performing poorly or not, uh, I think we can all agree that they haven't found a unit to gel yet. They haven't found five their best five. They haven't identified their best five, and 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 they don't have a cohesive unit yet. So, um, but with that said, I think unfortunately, I think a lot of the the attention that the O-line got was kind of negative, um, on, uh, unfortunately. Well, um, I think it ended on a high note because their second practice, they really came together um, against the Panthers. And, you know, when they um, went 20 or uh, the uh, preseason game, when they went, shut them out. Um, and Salah, I think, you know, his, his message was effective. You know, like, they really did show up. And so I think, yes, it was mostly negative, but at least they kind of ended it on um, a high note. I do want to go back to the, the, the offensive line, and and you mentioned the um, Salah's speech and talking about the reviewing the silent tape and... and um, and that that particular team meeting, I want to go back to that in a second. But there was something on two things, uh, two things on that during that joint practice with Carolina that that stood out to me. Um, I don't know if you if, if 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 they caught your attention at all, but one of them was uh, Ulbrich, uh, the defensive coordinator, Ulbrich. Um, I don't know. I just can't really warm up to him in in, in this Aww. series. Um, I love him. It, He's it's not favorite. see. I um, you know I don't. It's nothing personal. Like the guy was a tough nose NFL player. He he has credentials. I get it. But I I, I just don't like his delivery. It just it just uh, He's first of all the whole urinating thing. Like yeah, that was nonsense. Weird. Like it, it it just seems. It seems like an act almost, you know, and he, when he speaks, he has kind of like, he takes on that preacher voice, you know, like, I, it just, he's too rah-rah, he, he, too much Jeff Ulbrich, D- enough with the Jeff Ulbrich, that, that's the Listen, bottom line, like, know, I, I don't need know. this guy, he's not the head coach, 
Okay, it, it's Salah's defense. We know it's Salah's defense. Like I, it's it just. I, it's just too much Jeff Ulbrich, and then he's coming out with this urinating nonsense. And like I said, it just—it seems like he's trying too hard. Like he's, so he's he's reading from a book of how to fire up football players, which is weird to me because he was a football player himself. So maybe it's genuine. Maybe that's just how he is. But it, it's it, it's just weird. Like I can do without it. Um, He's one of the few I did want to see more of. And because I really appreciated in uh, episode one where, you know, he was just like really giving Aaron props and like, I don't know, I I like his approach. And yeah, I do think he probably turns it up for the cameras. Um, But I I got that, uh, you know, I wanted it, I got it out of this episode. Um, But yes, I agree. Like the urinating, the whole kids toys thing, that was weird. That was all weird um but otherwise i think you know that i w- listen ralph we know you love hackett so you know you, you don't have to you don't have to hate on Albert just because you love hackett you could love them both i wouldn't say i love hackett but if i had to have my choice i would take hackett over Ulbrich, uh as in terms of uh camera time uh, FaceTime on, on 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 the series. Um, one other moment that that I one moment that I did appreciate, and um, I thought it was cool uh, when Aaron Rodgers found his old coach Campin, um, and and was really giving him the business, you know, uh, <laughs> giving him the business for 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 packing on the pounds and calling him a little uh, bi. TCH and um, you know it was uh, it was it was cool it was it was lighthearted it was like you know they I give give a big hug like it, it it reminds me of you know when you when you see an old buddy who who you you you've been through the wars with uh, but you hadn't seen that guy or gal in such a long time. And and you finally see him like that's kind of the the interaction I I would have at least so I really appreciated that I thought that was one of the highlights for me um, like I I was complaining that they were giving us too much Rogers but I appreciated that one particular moment of Rogers the those are the Rogers moments I want you know I'm I I want those kind of um, um, unscripted moments whereas instead of what they're get a lot of what they're giving you is this fawning over Rogers and oh Aaron this and Aaron that no just just show me how Aaron is during practice you know like yeah um you know That's I don't fair. need I don't need your commentary on how he's we know he's one of the greatest ever you know uh, enough would have but give me more moments like that with Aaron Rodgers I, oh, I, I I assume you I assume we agree on this one for, for yeah, once totally. Here. I mean, like I loved that piece too because it showed you how close they were. You can't just like go up to anybody and and say that. So you could you could definitely appreciate like the shared love. Um, but yeah, no, that moment, um, even the grass moment, I thought was kind of funny too, um, where he was saying how it creates traction for better grip, um, helps him with, determine like the wind, which I thought was weird. But also that made me think, um, 
that's like the tree hugger in him right he's like i want to be with the elements it's a it's a second for me to meditate and take a breath and so like i appreciate that he becomes part of the earth you know that's kind of who aaron is and so like that i felt was um you know very true to aaron but um but you know, do you, you know he's so used to doing that? He said for so long in Green Bay. Like, do you think he has a? It, he it's such a habit that even on turf fields he's going down and he's trying to pick it up. Like, yeah, and picking up a, a fistful of rubber pellets or whatever. Yeah, probably. Exactly. Yeah, it's got to be. It, it, it's probably like just muscle memory, like you know, like uh, involuntary at this point yes. in his in, in totally. his life. Yep, totally. Um, before um, we go on to the game, uh, the, the, the preseason game, um, that whole practice, uh, after practice with the silent film, getting back to, to, to that topic, um, I, it, it, it made me feel a little weird, all a little uneasy, because I, I thought that it almost came off as Sala was pitting was pitting the offense against the defense and like it, that that kind of lays the seeds for what would you say um kind of like a resentment you know and like oh we're doing our job but these guys can't get it together um you know you don't want i mean that to me there's kind of maybe the culture is there where it's not going to divide a team but you know, if I'm on the offense and I'm getting my butt kicked, um, but I but I am really working hard and I'm I'm I'm, I'm giving it a hundred percent, but but I just got my, my 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 butt kicked that day. You know, I'm not really liking that. Like I don't know where he was going with that. I think he's got to be careful. And and again, I'm not I'm not a professional. <laughs> I'm not a head coach. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's harmless, but I, I would I would be careful and kind of stay away from that that type of talk if 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 I were him, like kind of embarrassing and calling people out in the uh, and, and even even if the cameras weren't there, even if they weren't on hard knocks, you know, I think you have to be careful, especially in this day and age when I think people have a tendency to be a little more sensitive. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. How did you feel about that situation? You. You were saying that that you liked it and you you liked kind of how he was going after them there. Um, so I liked the effectiveness of it. So it was clearly effective because the product changed, you know, post that conversation. But it's like any job. It, you have managers that motivate by almost creating competition and you have managers that motivate by, you know, like kind of placating and, and being the a resource and, you know, like kind of a little bit, um, will, you know, like just more, um, of like a support. Right. So in that instance, I think what he saw was that the offensive line wasn't um, you know, playing to their, their potential. I think that's the only reason he said it. Um, because, you know, you, if he actually thought they were that bad, I don't, you know, like there would be a different conversation to be had. Um, but I think, you know, we don't know what he sees. Um, 
But yeah, I have to believe that he knows that their potential was much greater than what they saw that first practice. Um, so that's, he, it was like just a way to like spark some fire under them and motivate them. And it worked. Now, if it didn't work, I would agree that that does create a dynamic and potentially resentment, um, against the coach, against his, uh, their teammates on the other side of the ball. You know, like there's a, there's a lot of things that, um, that that could create, um, you know, and, and you could even go down as far as like, you know, salary, like, okay, you're going to talk to me like this as a grown man, but I'm not making what, you know, like, so it, you it's definitely a slippery slope, but, um, thankfully it was effective and they're tough guys. They, I don't think they really, uh, you know, they've, they've probably been hearing it all their life, to be honest. I think there's more coaches like that than there aren't. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, I think it just rolls off of their, their, they don't really hold on to that. You do make a good point in the sense that it did work because that brings us into the preseason game where the Jets win 27 nothing, and the line holds up in protection and then obviously the defensive line dominates and Quinn and Williams doesn't even play. I mean, they're, they're, uh, Will McDonald is getting a lot of the reps. Uh, you see um, a few starters played, like a Quentin Jefferson is, is, is probably a starter next to, next to Williams inside. Um, but, but the Jets rotate a lot in the defensive line. So I don't know if there, you could say there's a true starter. Obviously, Quentin Williams is a starter. We know that. He's getting as many snaps as, you can, as he can handle. Um, but, no, it gets into that game where they dominated. Uh, first in the pregame, um, the one thing I noticed was uh, just a quick shot of Rob Calabrese. Uh, Rob Calabrese actually coached at Wagner College on Staten Island. Uh, a few nice. years ago, and um, during COVID, he was with the Denver Broncos, and I don't know if you remember, Amanda, the, the Denver Broncos had that game where, like, all their quarterbacks were knocked out. They had three quarterbacks who were knocked out because of COVID, like, going into that week, and, and they wound up, I don't know, where they wound up starting a wide receiver who just handed yeah. off the whole time. But Calabrese was a young guy on that staff, and they were trying to make an appeal to the to the league office and to the Players Association to let Calabrese, who was a college quarterback, suit up and play quarterback for them. Um, but anyway, now he's with the Jets, and obviously uh, Aaron Rodgers has mentioned him a few times. So um, it was good to see Rob Calabrese uh, get, get a little love there. Um, anything you notice uh, during that pregame? So not the pregame. Um, well, I will say pregame um, only because I think in the practice, um, or maybe it was pregame of that game, the relationship w between Rodgers and the refs. So I thought that was very interesting, and it was interesting for them to highlight because you have fans that aren't just of the Jets watching Hard Knocks, and you almost don't want fans of the NFL to use instances like that to exploit like any in-season uh, 
roughing on the passer calls, you know, they fans can almost twist it and be like, oh, you know, like that's because these quarterbacks, you know, like are all in their pockets. Meanwhile, like, you know, obviously they Rodgers isn't paying the guy off, but he clearly has very good relationships with them. Yeah, well, well, he was getting, I, I noticed that too, and that, that was something I had down, and it, it was during the preseason game, I'm yeah. pretty sure, when, and, and the one play was, I guess they blew it dead because of an offsides, but they wanted to let him go and let Zach Wilson make his play, but yeah, Rodgers was getting on the ref's ass a, a well, couple even, different even times. Well, even prior, he, he went to the, the head ref, and he's like, you know, Sheffers, yeah, Carl Sheffers, yeah. Yep. And he's like, oh, I've got a rookie over there. Make sure you give him hell. Like, you know, the way that they were talking to each other was very interesting. No, without a doubt. And and, and it makes you wonder, too, like, um, well, you know, Rodgers was getting intense and, and really, really, really critical, you know. Um, but yes. but the, the, the whole idea of the relationship there, you wonder if, like you said, um, not that this has ever happened before, but... You know, people people think to believe, you know, maybe Tom Brady gets that roughing the passer penalty that 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 Cam Newton didn't get, you know, or but maybe right. Rogers as a twenty year vet and he smooth talked these refs for the last <laughs> twenty years and totally. you know, maybe like he gets that that little benefit of the doubt, so to speak. So Yes, um, yeah, I thought that was very interesting for them to keep in yeah. there and, and put in there as like a highlight. But I'll make it clear that's your conspiracy theory, not mine, though, on this <laughs> one. So, um, what else? Uh, oh, the other thing is uh, I wanted to see more of uh, an undrafted free agent, an underdog type player. Um, they showed Jerome Cap, uh, I believe, in the pregame there. Uh, wide receiver out of Division Two Kutztown, but the, the the thing I couldn't get out of my head was he, he he's he's still wearing number thirty one. Uh, that is not a good sign when you're a receiver. You're wearing number thirty one. It's terrible. It, it it's it's ugly looking, and obviously uh, obviously you're kind of um, I, I wouldn't expect him to make the roster with uh with, with the number thirty one. So. But 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 they didn't give us they didn't they didn't go and they showed him uh, you know glimpse on the sideline uh, on the field you know they didn't go in depth with anybody I mean they showed Xavier Gibson during whatever that rookie show was that was an that, abomination I don't that know was like so <laughs> terrible I I they failed miserably on that one and I love how the I wanted more C J Mosley but th- when he stood up and was like you guys have to run that one back next week like. Yeah, they better bring the heat next week. Yeah, no, I, I, I CJ Mosley was was maybe the hero of the episode that he put an end to that nonsense. He finally stood up and just <laughs> gong show like that was just brutal. I don't even know. And then the guys were made some kind of uh, computer program, some quiz. Like you had what was it, Zach Kuntz and uh, and Tipman. They were giving that quiz on there before the, and the guys, first the guys started, they were doing the, the, the march in there and those dances, those introductions, whatever the hell that was. And then you had Tipman and, 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 and Kuntz up there giving some kind of PowerPoint presentation where interactive trivia or something, McCall Hardman was just like, this is 
terrible. So what, what, what are you guys doing? I mean, waste I mean, of time. You know, maybe I'm missing something there, but that was just brutal. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, I think we we, we we touched on it all there for episode number two of Hard Knocks. There were only a couple other uh, funny moments to kind of piggyback off of the whole Ricky uh, debacle. But when Josh McCown was like, if I were still playing, I, <laughs> he was talking to Sauce. He was like, if I were still playing, I'd probably throw the ball to you a couple times. Yeah, he he wasn't lying, you know. I I appreciate the guy's honesty, you yes. know. I mean, you want to, and he hung around eighteen or nineteen years in the I NFL. I believe, mean, I didn't oh, realize God bless that. him. I mean, you want to talk about mediocrity, just hanging on forever. I mean, it's just like I mean, that's like a goal of most of these guys, right? You know, like that that was impressive. I didn't realize it. Yeah, just that fly long. under the radar, make yep. a million, two, three million a year. You know, you don't yeah. have any don't real pressure hit. as long as the starter doesn't get hurt. You know, exactly. but wow, God bless him, man. He he stole money for 18 years, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And then, yeah, like just um, from that preseason game when uh, Rodgers was saying, run the right, <laughs> he kept repeating, run the wrong route and get the ball. When Zach uh, Kuntz scored that touchdown, you know, he kind of redeemed himself from that whole Ricky, uh, that Ricky show. But I was just like laughing at Aaron, like run the wrong, run the wrong route, get the ball. And then he's giving props to the tight ends coach for, you know, like, so that was just like lighthearted and funny. I love those moments. You could give me all of those Aaron Rodgers moments um, showing his like, you know, human side and, and his personality. But yeah, so I mean that that pretty much summed up episode two for sure on what I had on my notes. And you mentioned the tight ends coach, Ron Middleton, I believe. I, I wouldn't mind seeing more of him. Um he definitely has a, a grand outgoing personality. Uh he he he's he he has that voice where he gets you fired up. Um, he's he, he's a good speaker too. I heard him speaking in the uh, locker room um, before before a college all star game actually, and it was it was it was highly entertaining. So I wouldn't mind more of Ron Middleton um, in 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 the coming episodes. And I know going back to Hard Knocks when they were with Cleveland. Um, you know, they featured, what was it, Bob Wiley, the offensive line coach with the belly, you know, and obviously they, they, they tend to pick one of these assistant coaches at some point and, and give them a little limelight. So maybe Ron Middleton will be that guy for for this summer. Um, I'm still yeah, hoping on some more Vito Contento. Yeah, you're still holding that hope. We didn't see any Vito. Vito, I don't know. Is Vito still around? Or did he, is he with the fishes after that last episode there? I don't know. Vito, uh, I'm a he's, little worried about Vito. The guy went over to Jersey, never came back. You know, I don't know. He's responsible for the new pep goldfish, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... Uh, yeah, no, that was that. Uh, that you, we, I think we hit on it all. Um, but no veto. Um, by the way, the the speaking of uh, Italians and television and HBO, I don't know if you saw. I saw today that um, Tony Soprano's boat, the the Stugats, is uh, is for sale. So you know they used to park it right down there in uh, in Monmouth Beach by the uh, what was it by the Channel Club. You know they had those. No scenes. Way. 
Yeah, yeah, but uh, we, the we need Aaron. We need Aaron to come in and buy that. Yeah, no, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and he's never seen The Sopranos, right? I, we got to get an update on that. Yeah, can, can, we, you can, know, what we should we should try to coordinate an interview of the both of them on the boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the sale, we get the 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 receipt of sale, and uh, you yeah, know, maybe yeah. he buys the boat, and we do a remote broadcast Jets Country podcast. <laughs> Live on the Stugats from Mammoth Beach with uh, with A Rod, you know. Hey, whatever sounds good to me. Uh, and w one other thing before I I, I got to give them props uh, for the uh, the Cinema Sunday, throwing that in at the end. Uh, Leslie Nielsen. I mean, they didn't even get half of his good stuff, but but those Naked Gun movies, those clips are are hilarious. Um, when he, I mean, they they. they like I said, they didn't even they didn't even touch the tip of the iceberg. I, I think they no, could have done a better was, job with showing which, some better clips. But that Cinema Sunday and Leslie Nielsen, that was awesome. And I, I really appreciated that. It makes me believe that that's going to be like an ongoing piece. You know, like that's you can't just throw that in and not have more, you know, to it. So I think that might be an ongoing theme for maybe the rest of the series. Be all right with me, that's for sure. Um, but we got three episodes left, and we'll be back to talk about them when they drop. You know that. It's Ralph Ventry and Amanda Shin on the Jets Country Podcast. And we appreciate you listening to us as we break it down for you. The New York Jets on HBO's Hard Knocks. See you again next week.